This is a Bible study on Acts chapter 16. Dear God, please be with us as we read through this chapter and call to mind anything that you want to share as we go through. Help me to remember things that I've read before in scripture that further emphasize the message in this chapter. In Jesus' name, amen. So Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in faith and grew daily in number. So a lot of things are present in this um, this paragraph. And, um, you know, it's about Timothy. And one of the things was um, about circumcision. And I know that Paul has addressed this before, that, you know, that was one of the debates, that you don't have to be circumcised in order to be saved, um, even though that was a commandment to the Jews. Uh, but what God's looking for is the circumcision of the heart. And I know all that's symbolic, but that's meaning um, circumcision is a cutting. So it's like turning towards God, um, being in good relationship with God. Um, just like Jesus said, take up, um, I guess any of his followers would have to take up their own cross and it's kind of a daily sacrifice to be a true follower of Jesus. You're constantly battling your natural, the way the Bible calls it, fleshy side or worldly side. Um, the natural tendencies we have, we're constantly, um, you know, dying to that. Just saying, you know, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to follow the way that God said we should live. And so that's something that followers, true followers of Jesus do that on a regular basis. And the more you do it, the less challenging it is to do those kinds of things. And, and God says, you know, those who love me obey my commands. So, but this isn't getting back to the scripture that we read was that Timothy didn't really need to do this for any reason because God's not truly looking for that. But we found out from Paul that Paul did a lot of things so that he could appeal to the people that he was speaking to. And one of those things was, you know, Timothy came from, you know, a Jewish and a Greek. So in order, if he's going to be going and speaking to Jewish people, are people going to really take to heart what Timothy has to say unless they know that he has been circumcised? So that is the way... I've had it explained to me before was that, you know, Timothy, um, this was more or less a way to be received by other people so that the message they were communicating would be effective because that was their ultimate goal was to spread the gospel message, the good news of Jesus. So it wasn't about all of these do's and don'ts. It was about what Jesus was making available to all people. And in order for that message to be received, 
there was something that Paul felt was needed to be done with Timothy, even though Timothy had a good reputation and in his community and everything, he needed to take it one step further to be accepted by the people that they were going to talk to. And it does say that, you know, the churches were strengthened in faith and grew in daily numbers. So what he had done was apparently successful because otherwise he wouldn't have you know, as, I, as the Bible calls it, fruit. Um, you wouldn't see the, the result of something. It wouldn't have been effective. So going back to scripture, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phry- Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia. They tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over here to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to him. Again, this one, uh, when people are uh, born again, born of the Spirit, they've received the Holy Spirit from Jesus, people will see changes in their own life and in their own thoughts, in their own desires, and other people outside of them will see a difference in a person. So that's, that's truly what the fruit of the Spirit is that Paul talks about, and that's in Galatians chapter 5, where he talks about the fruit of the Spirit and the characteristics of that. But so in this, in this paragraph here, um, Paul definitely has this Holy Spirit. And so it's interesting to read about how Paul um, lives on a daily basis, what his experiences are on a daily basis, because he's received the Holy Spirit from God, from Jesus. And he is listening he is in tune with God's spirit. So he is prevented from going to certain places because of the spirit. So it doesn't say how he knew he wasn't supposed to go to those places, but it did say that it was the spirit that directed him. It didn't say, I decided not to go to that place, but it says like the spirit of Jesus kept him from going into certain places. But then it kept him from certain places, but then he has a vision. I mean, so many times in scripture, we're t- we see about these visions of God. He was doing that um, with Peter and, you know, with the vision where the, uh, the sheep came down with the unclean animals on it. And, and then, you know, he was also giving a vision to uh, someone else at the same time so that Peter and this other person connected because that's what God wanted to have happen, because ultimately that saved that other person's family. Like they were a righteous person, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit. They didn't have the gospel message. And so Peter's connection with them, the person who was a Gentile, was thereby saved. And that's ultimately what God's will is. So God's will is always to save more people, to bring them out of the bondage of sin, slavery, the control of Satan, the devil, who has some level of authority here on earth right now. And that's ultimately what God is after, is saving people. He's rescuing us constantly. I mean, from way back 
after Jesus left until today. It's still going on. I mean, God's trying to rescue people, and he uses people who have the Holy Spirit to rescue others, just like he did back in this time that we're reading about with Paul, with Paul and Timothy. So Paul was very in tune with the Holy Spirit. He had a vision, and so because he had this vision, it prompted his his literal actions. He didn't just you know, think, oh, wow, that was a weird vision that I had. He acted upon it. And that's the thing about faith. I mean, true faith is not just believing, but it's the belief that causes an action that's proving. And it's not, it's not saying like you have to prove it, but that's proof, I guess, proof that you have faith is that you act upon it. So going back to scripture from Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day we went to Neapolis. From there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of the district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the woman who to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her okay, when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. So here's another thing in that paragraph was that the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. We see this, that God enables people. And what I believe is that we take that first step. I mean, like God puts it in all of our hearts. I believe that God has that in every single one of us. It is in in our hearts to seek him. And we do seek, we're always seeking, we're always trying to find happiness or joy or peace or um, this was described by someone else earlier today, so it's coming to mind too. We're always trying to find those fruits of the Spirit, all the things that the fruit of the Spirit describes, um, the qualities or characteristics, that's what we're all seeking. And we go after that. But what we don't realize is what we're truly seeking is God. We're truly seeking God, but that's why we're so unsatisfied with everything in the world that we try to to fill that, you know, we're seeking happiness, we're seeking joy, we're seeking peace, we're trying to find it. And so we're like, well, that didn't work, so I'm going to try this, that didn't work, so I'm going to try this. And we keep going from thing to thing to thing to try to find, to satisfy ourselves, and we're never satisfied. We're never satisfied until we truly find Jesus and God says, if we seek him, we will find him. So I believe that, first of all, God put it in every single one of us to seek him. Some of us numb it out and don't you know, pursue that. But at some point, there is that, hey, you know, I've kind of felt this inside. And there, this seeking becomes stronger. And my belief is that when that happens within a person, when we start seeking or questioning 
God is like, okay, they're ready now. I can, I can bring them in. And then God will unblind us. He will take off the blinders and let us see what's always been there, but we weren't seeking. So we passed by it blindly. And that's what I believe happens is from reading scripture, because I believe we all have free will and we can choose to accept or reject Jesus. And, but it's in us, it's in us. And that's why it doesn't surprise me when you are seeing things, if you want to search online or you know, YouTube to find videos of people who are um, Muslim who are actually having dreams of Jesus. I believe those kinds of things, those are supernatural uh, interventions, but interventions, I don't know if that's the right word, but supernatural um, interactions with people that are coming from God. But I believe there's something inside someone's heart that they are seeking or they are questioning or there's something there and they don't have the answer and they don't know what, but they are seeking. And then all of a sudden this happens. And that's what I believe is that it, it, it's in there. We just have to pursue it. And when we pursue it, God will flood us with, with making us, giving us the information that we need about him not need, but the information, the questions that we have, he will put people in our lives that will help us on that journey or will put, I mean, God does amazing things. I don't believe in coincidences anymore. I used to think of there were coincidences. Now I really think that they're not coincidences. They're, there's a purpose behind things. We don't always know what that purpose is, but hopefully we're not blind to God's purpose when we have interactions and we can do God's will as a Christian, as a believer. That's what God wants is for us to do his will, which is bringing more people into the kingdom of God. So going back to scripture, once we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She was following Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When the owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About So I'm going to stop right there because we get too far. Um, there's a lot that we just covered already. So there's this female slave. So that's how he describes her, a female slave. 
and she has a spirit where she can predict the future. Like how many people today go to somebody who can fortune tell, who can, you know, get their fortunes told or, you know, there's, you can go even in just like, um, I'm just thinking along like a beach town or something, you know, by the ocean. And you will see people today who are there to tell fortunes, to give you your future and all this stuff. Now, a lot of those people are just fake people. They're just scamming people for money. But what if they're telling people stuff that, you know, um, telling people things, fortune telling, um, something that somebody can relate to? You know, what's happening is that as a demonically inspired person, they are getting information from a spirit, but it's not the spirit of God. And there's like throughout scripture, it's very clear that any kind of like this astrology, fortune telling, that stuff is all equivalent to like witchcraft. And it's demonically inspired. That's very clear in the Bible. And yet it's so common in our world. We see it everywhere. And, you know, people can even think of it as being fun, you know, or some activity to do. Oh, just try it out. We don't believe it, but let's just try it. That's stupid because according to the Bible, you're opening up yourself to demonic, spiritual, uh, rebellious, spiritual things that are against God. And those things seek to destroy people. And it's because of our unbelief or unawareness about these things, people think, oh, it's no big deal. But it really is a big deal. You are opening yourself up to things that you should, you should not uh, bring into your life. And it, you know, their, their purpose is to seek people, seek people who don't have the Holy Spirit or torment people that have the Holy Spirit try to at least. So it's their job is their, their goal is to destroy. So you might think this is something fun and you know, whatever, but over time, and there's people who have broken away from this, who are really deeply involved in this, that I've heard interviews before with them. And they've said that it started out very innocently. They thought it was good. They thought they were doing good for other people, but then it turned really bad. And luckily they were able to get out of it. Um, these are people who are actually responsible for doing the fortune telling that are telling these things or saying how bad it is. So I'm sure if you search that, you can find those in types of interviews. But no matter what, it's something that we all should stay away. Well, this poor woman, obviously here, it shows that she had some evil spirit. And it's kind of funny because Paul just like, I guess he had enough. I mean, I it didn't sound like what she was saying was that bad. She's saying, you know, she's just, hey, these are people, they're talking about the way to be saved, you know. But whatever she was doing, who knows what tone she was saying it in. And she was annoying Paul and um, maybe hindering others. Maybe she was mocking them. I don't know what was happening. But Paul just had enough of it. And he said, you know, something so powerful. And you see how Jesus Christ has the authority over all that he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. So isn't that amazing? Just the name of Jesus, what it will do in a situation like that. Like Jesus is so powerful to overcome anything. The spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit is more powerful than anything we encounter.
So, of course, then the people, you know, <clears throat> revolt against Paul. And, you know, that's just showing the level of demonically influenced spiritual, you know, spiritually demonic influence over people in the world. I mean, this is an example right here. Like, if people had the Holy Spirit, do you think they would attack Paul and Silas? You know, would they go after him? They, no, they wouldn't. So these are people who are under the influence of evil. They don't even know it. They're blind to it. They're just operating. Think about it. When Jesus was on the cross and he prayed for people and he said, like, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. People were being influenced by evil spiritual forces in doing what they did. Jesus saw right through that. He knew it wasn't necessarily the person. They were responding to something evil because they didn't have the Holy Spirit. And that's the way it is today, too. All the evil in this world is being influenced by demonic things, the demonic spiritual realm. But people are unaware of it, so they don't, they don't get it. They don't understand it. But when somebody has the Holy Spirit, and it's over a period of time where you start recognizing this stuff, you can start to see what's going on. It's a lot clearer when God opens your eyes, uh, when you start seeking God. And God reveals things, things like that. But that's all in the Bible. It's all in the Bible. It's not just something that magically comes to people, you know, as a revelation. This is in the Bible, but it just opens your eyes to it. And so anyway, these, um, oh, it's, you know, it says that Paul and Silas, they're severely flogged. Well, the process of being flogged is something that you might want to look up if you don't know what it is. It's not just being hit or beaten up. I mean, th these things had evidently like some like knife things on the end of them, like these balls that had these like really horrible stuff that would just like rip your flesh, not just beat you, but actually rip your flesh while you're being beaten. So this is pretty severe what happened to them, all for sending a spirit out of a person. Can you believe that? I mean, like, the supernatural thing happened. They didn't do anything wrong, but yet they were imprisoned for this. This is just, I mean, just comprehend that. Okay, so let's go back to what it says. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. So that's, that's interesting. Evidence of the Holy Spirit. So it says um, that we should praise God in all circumstances. These two guys are in prison. They've been flogged, so I'm sure they have wounds all over their body wherever they were hidden. Their flesh is probably, and I'm sure they weren't being taken care of after you know, being beaten up by somebody. Nobody's going to take care of them, so I'm sure they were in pretty much pain. But yet they were praying, and Paul says in Thessalonians, like, pray without ceasing, uh, pray continuously. Uh, and then these guys were singing hymns to God. So... How is that? I mean, when worse circumstances, and yet they are praising God. So going back to scripture, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chain, chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he threw his sword he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. 
The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. So right there, (coughs) think about that supernatural events. They're in prison. They're praying and they're singing about God. Then an earthquake, you know, I say magically, but I should say like by God, you know, like God makes this earthquake shake and things, their chains fall off. Like I'm sure those things had locks. I'm sure if, you know, if you just shook them, they didn't fall off. So this was all supernatural, the stuff that happened. And And of course, um, I've read other things where it talked about like prison guards. I think even during Jesus's time, like the guards that would have been there when anyone was uh, there to guard a place like this, a prison or even like um, Jesus on the cross when they had the Roman soldiers at the tomb, um, whenever they were, if something happened while they were on guard, the punishment was typically their own death. So there was a huge incentive for these people not to let anything happen while they were on guard. And so you can see why this man was about to kill himself because he thought all the prisoners left and he knew that was going to be his own fate. So he was probably thinking, I don't want to be tortured. I'm just going to get it over with now. But then Paul tells him no. But think about this. This is God's purpose. He wants these people to be saved. Look what happens. He does all of this, you know, supernatural stuff. So he gets the attention of people. Then these people see, they. I mean, you, it's not going to happen without something like extreme supernatural happen for these people to all of a sudden say, what do we need to do to be saved? You know, we see what this powerful, we see what, you know, something amazing like this. This isn't normal stuff. What do we need to do? And of course, then they take action right away. They become baptized because that's what Jesus told them. Jesus told his followers to go out and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Because like Jesus told Nicodemus, and I know I say this all the time, but in case somebody is just listening for the first time to this podcast, Jesus said in John chapter three, that you must be born again to enter the kingdom of God, which is born of the water and born of the spirit. The water is repentance. That means turning towards God, turning away from sin, stopping your sin and asking God when your heart is truly meaning that and saying that to God, asking for forgiveness, then Jesus will give us, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit helps us become obedient people to God. It's We need help. We can't do it on our own. So don't try to wait until you're obedient. When you're disobedient and you love God or you believe in God, go to God immediately and say, I need help. You know, forgive me of my past. Help me right now. Send the Holy Spirit and stay with me. And if you're sincere and God knows you're sincere, he's going to do that for you. And then you're just working with the Holy Spirit and we'll never be perfect. Uh, We'll get perfected when Jesus returns. And that hasn't happened yet. So none of us are perfect yet. Okay, going back to scripture. When it was daylight, 
The magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release the, those men. The jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave, go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens and threw us in prison. And now do they want, and now do they want to get rid of us quietly? No, let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. So that's the end of chapter 16. Did you notice too, even though they found out they were Roman citizens, they requested they leave the city. They still didn't want them there. So this is the resistance when Jesus said to his disciples that they hated me first. There's a hatred of Jesus that perpetuates to, till today. There are many who really don't like the thought of Jesus. Now, people can be comfortable with Jesus as a prophet, but when you say that Jesus is the Son of God, that's when it people start to be haters about Jesus. because. But that's the only way. Like Jesus said, he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. So if people don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus died on the cross and was raised by the Spirit, by God, and broke the curse of death in order to give all of us immortality when he returns, if people don't believe that, then they're forfeiting their um, gift from God to be in his kingdom because they will still become immortal. This, this will happen like after the thousand years, but they're going to be thrown into the burning lake of sulfur and tortured forever and ever, according to the Bible. That's what it says. So you're just going to have either eternal, eternal torture or abundant life in God's kingdom. That's the ultimate destination. And if you don't believe it, it'll still be reality. Doesn't matter if you choose not to believe, it's still, you know, the truth is the truth. It doesn't matter what we believe. The truth is the truth. And Jesus said that he is the truth. And so take him for his words. And anyway, um, that's the end of chapter 16. We'll go on to 17 next.